offering. See Kim with the baskets, Sam there and Raymond. If you do that tonight, the first one is Matthew chapter 3 and then Luke 22. So Matthew 3 and Luke 22. John the Baptist in Matthew 3 verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then verse 12, his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And then in Luke 22, Jesus speaking to Simon Peter said, verse 31 this is of Luke 22. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, in Bible days, in ancient times, farming was not obviously anywhere near as mechanized as it is today. Some of us in here are old enough to remember the days when potatoes had to be hand-planted and hand-picked. Today it's all mechanized. Now, in Bible days, whenever they came to the grain harvest, whether that was wheat or barley or corn, it was rudimentary. There was some mechanism, but very little. In that, first of all, the grain would be cut by hand by a sickle. And when the grain was cut by a sickle, if somebody just wanted just a little bit of grain, maybe just to make a meal uh, for their family, just for that day, well, they could beat it out with a stick. They'd take a sheaf of grain with the stalks and all the rest of it and just beat it and beat it and beat it till they separate uh, the wheat, the ears from the chaff. But on a larger scale, they want to do the whole field. They'd cut it and then they would take the sheaves and then they would place them on a threshing floor. Threshing floor was just simply a cleared area of earth. And they would place it there, and then they would uh, hitch a thresher to an oxen, or maybe a couple of oxen. And the thresher would be like a, a wooden instrument. It would be like a big wooden block. And on the underside, there would be maybe wooden pegs put into it, or sharp uh, stones or metal put into it. And then the oxen would walk over the corn or the wheat or the barley, trailing this behind it, and kind of break up the stalks uh, so that it's all, well, when you look at it, it would all just be a mess just lying there. Uh, you remember the scripture, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. Well, that's the image. By the way, the Romans, uh, they had a, a threshing instrument and they called it the, the uh, tribulum, which is where we get the word tribulation from. And uh, so, having done that, there's three parts to the process. That's the first part, threshing. 
having threshed the wheat, then in the evening time when the wind would get up, then the farmer would come with his winnowing fork or his fan as it's called here in Matthew. And this would be a wooden, like a wooden pitchfork and there'd be at least two, perhaps three prongs to it. And so whenever the wind got up in the evening, he would dig that into all that chaff and wheat and stock and everything and he would throw it up into the air and the wind would blow through it and a lot of that chaff would blow out of it and then the golden grain would hit the floor. And so that would be the winnowing process and it would be done in the evening when the wind was up. And then the final process they would take would be the sifting where, where most of the chaff would have gone out of the grain, but it would be lying there on the earth and there would be still a little bit of chaff in it and probably maybe little stones or little rocks or pebbles or clay dirt or whatever. And so that would have to be put into the sieve and then the sieve would be shaken and then the grain would be there. So that's the kind of process. And all that three-step process is mentioned in those two scriptures. There's a threshing floor, there's a winnowing fan, and there is a sieve. And John the Baptist said that when Jesus would come, that he would use the winnowing fork. And he talked about he would baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we know that very often wind is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so the lesson for us is that Christ wants to, with the Holy Spirit, blow through our lives and blow all of the chaff, all of that which is unnecessary, that is not usable, that's inefficient, that is waste, to blow that stuff out of our lives and leave only the good grain. That's what the Lord through the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. In other words, He wants to cleanse us. He wants to cleanse us from all of that which is unnecessary, that's not useful anymore, that's inefficient in our lives, that we don't need anymore. He wants to get that out of our lives. And so that only the good stuff is left in its place. Amen? But then Jesus in Luke 22, he said to Simon, 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 Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you is wheat. And what Satan wants to do is, is to put us in a sieve, as it were, create circumstances in our lives where we're shaken, really shaken, till that which is good in us falls out and only the chaff is left in the sieve because that's what a sieve does. The good grain will fall out and what you've left in the sieve is the chaff. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to come to our lives and create all kinds of issues and circumstances and stuff to happen to us that were greatly shaken. And at the end of it, he wants to shake out of us all that which is good and right and true and proper. That your faith fail not. I prayed for you that your faith fail not. That's what Satan wanted to shake out of Peter's life. His faith, the very heart of his belief, that which caused him to believe in the first place and to get him into a position that we know that he denied the Lord, we know that he fell very, very badly, but in the end, as Jesus prophesied and said, he returned because his faith, his underlying deep belief of who Jesus was, in the end, that didn't fail. Yes, he denied him out of fear and out of weakness, 
But in the end, he came back and became a great, strong pillar in the early church and became a martyr for Christ in the end. But that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to come against us and shake us until there's nothing good left. There's only the chaff. But the Lord wants to come and blow out of our lives the chaff and leave only the good grain, leave only the good stuff. I am come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, to take the good out of you, to take the best out of you, to take your belief and your faith and your character and your reputation and everything, everything that's good. He wants to steal that from you and leave only the chaff. But Jesus says, I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith doesn't fail. And when you are converted, when you return to me, strengthen the brethren. So no matter how much shaking the enemy wants to do in our lives, isn't it good the Lord, as I said this morning, is the right hand of the Father ever living to make intercession for us, that our faith doesn't fail, that that deep down, how many of us have gone through sometimes horrific things? And even though you were hurting and confused and maybe sometimes angry and upset and all the rest of it, but at the end of it all, your faith held. And here you are tonight. You're still walking with the Lord. That's what Jesus means, that your faith does not fail. Amen? So, be encouraged, saints. Your faith won't fail. And the Lord is praying for you. And even though the devil wants to take out of you all that's good, the Lord wants to blow out of your life all that's bad and leave only the good. Amen? Amen. Now that's a short word, isn't it? <laughs> huh? You didn't believe I could preach as short as that, sure you didn't? <laughs> well, I start a new trend with that, will I? No. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I couldn't do that. I could hardly draw a breath in 10 minutes, sure, can't. <laughs> oh, dear. What was it Spurgeon said that sermonettes by preacherettes makes Christianettes? <laughs> now, praise the Lord. Look at that. Look at all the time you've got tonight for a wee bit of fellowship, a bit of crack. Now, 